Support for A Life of Dogs is brought to you by Royal Canin. Royal Canin offers precise, effective nutrition for dogs based on size, age, breed, and to address specific needs. To learn more about Royal Canin, visit them on the web at royalcanin.com. And by Dogtra, trusted by professionals. Dogtra ensures your training journey with durable training products, equipped with patented, accurate, and intuitive control to ensure the best experience. Join us, and together we can make every dog exceptional. To learn more, call 888-811-9111 or visit dogtra.com. Females hiding in the in the country under trees and everything, giving birth to puppies and struggling to look for food and water, and having all those ten or twelve puppies, you know, and most of them die and we find them dead. It's a pity, but one of the most shocking recent stories is. Uh, so recent as last Saturday, this lady put a post that she had a, a dog, a female, that she had given birth. She lives in a public housing project. And um, they said she had to get rid of the dogs. They couldn't be there. And she says, well, it's my female dog. Um, we're, I'm looking for something for the puppies. I'm finding help. And I'm going to find help. Oh, that's something very sad also. And um, as soon as I find help, I'll get rid of them, I'll send them. A lot of people have said that they're going to help me. So I heard the information, I heard about the story on Friday. And on Friday, I started calling people and we agreed on Saturday to call her and say, yes, we're going to go get the dogs on Saturday morning. When we got there, I mean, someone got, she said, I took them to the, let's see, Alberga to the shelter in Puerto Rico, public shelter in Carolina. And I said, I can't believe you did that. You know what's going to happen? And she says, no, it's, I just took them there 15 minutes ago. You go get them there. I called this lady. I mean, she went there and she says, it's over. They, they already did it. 15 minutes she was there 15 minutes after the lady took the female with six beautiful baby puppies plus two more from the previous pregnancy they were all gone yabacoa is a small town located in the southeastern part of the island of puerto rico it was known to be a place on the island where unwanted dogs were discarded as such a fairly remote beach with beautiful white sand and towering palm trees became known as Dead Dog Beach. But about nine or ten years ago, I had an opportunity while in Puerto Rico to go to Jabacoa. Uh, I had a chance to go with a friend there to Dead Dog Beach. Uh, we spent most of the day there uh, examining the dogs, feeding them, putting out water, making sure they were okay. For years, this beach was populated with unwanted dogs, many of them mothers with litters of puppies. Rescuers and other people visited the beach every day to check on the dogs, feed them, and give them water. In September of 2017, Hurricane Maria 
a powerful Category 4 storm, struck Puerto Rico. As a result, Dead Dog Beach was changed forever. From a life of dogs, I'm Jason Ferguson, and this is Dead Dog Beach. An important show note we want to mention here. While in Puerto Rico, we got a lot of help from rescuers and rescue groups sharing their stories and helping us make this episode possible. To show our gratitude to these groups, Highland Canine Training will donate $1 back to these groups for each download of this episode in the first month. Our host, Chris Anderson, starts us off with this story from the island of Puerto Rico. Jason and I have been discussing a podcast about Dead Dog Beach for some time now, and last month we finally made it happen. Shortly after departing the plane, we went to grab coffee and breakfast at the Starbucks in the city of Guaynabo. As we pulled into the parking lot, I noticed a Sato, also known as a homeless or feral dog, shading himself from the hot sun under a van. Of course, as a dog lover, it brought tears to my eyes and I shared my breakfast with him. As I fed this grateful dog, three others approached and I shared my breakfast with them as well. Hurricane Maria made landfall in Jabacoa, Puerto Rico, and as a result, it turned this entire enchanted island into Dead Dog Beach. All over the island, you will find abandoned dogs that are looking for food and water, many of them injured. Unfortunately, resources for dogs on the island are limited. Despite the destruction caused by Hurricane Maria, there are remarkable people working to create a better life for the Satos of Puerto Rico. There are remarkable stories of how life has changed after Maria from all over the island. We start with Jorge Mercado. Uh, I, I would say that it's worse. And because, as a matter of fact, I have here a campaign that I can show you. Don't leave me alone. I would like to go with you. There is a dog that is asking at their guardian that bring them to whatever place they go. Let me, let me explain you something, why I'm saying that it's a social and cultural and economical situation. Uh, in Puerto Rico, uh, until now, more than 300,000 Puerto Ricans have left the country. This is a reality that has been increasing. And we expect that about half a million Puerto Ricans will leave the island again, okay? So, if you calculate how many pets you have in your, at your home, I have no idea. But I am sure that we are talking about more than 100,000 pets that will be affected in some way and probably more. Uh, people in Puerto Rico, so I am not talking at all, but uh, have been increasing the problem that they are leaving their pets at their homes, patios, streets, and this complicates the situation. We have now a lot of variety of uh, races uh, of animals in, in, in our uh, street, uh, we are not talking now Satos only. It, it's impressive. It's in incredible. So we uh, we have a campaign right now in the press in the alliance with the Nuevo Dia newspaper, Primera Hora newspaper, El Colegio Veterinario, eh, eh, Veterinary Medical eh, Doctors eh, College in Puerto Rico, all uh, with us, MOSBA, and we are educating people uh, Go to the state that you want to leave Puerto Rico because the reason, whatever reason may be, but go with your pet. As a matter of fact, we did an alliance with Puerto Rico Animal Unite. 
that they are uh, doing something great. They are uh, renting airplanes and they put their animal and they go there and they put in your at your home, your dog or cat. And right now they are flying uh, hundreds of pets uh, as we speak. Uh, but they, they complicate, uh, without any cost, free. And sometimes they spay and neuter and vaccination, everything uh, at your at your own service, you know. Uh, but the situation after Maria uh, specifically uh, was the problem was increased, increased because they, they have a lot of abandoned animals now. Uh, we don't have shelters enough. We don't have foster enough. A lot of people are rescuing. I have seen with my people in the surrounding, like Francis, rescuing everyday animals. And thanks God that we can canalize that and we can spay and neuter and and we are looking for fosters uh, or, or adoptions. But it's very complicated, it's very expensive. Uh, and the reality is that we, ha we don't have the infrastructure right now to, to accomplish uh, all of the needs that we have. Vivian Nito is a full-time real estate agent and an independent rescuer who works with multiple organizations. Together, they have saved many dogs. She travels Puerto Rico in her personal car loaded with food, water, and medical supplies. So much so, her car is often referred to as the ambulance. You should see my car, <laughs> and you would immediately know. <laughs> For example, if someone calls me from Ponce, we're in San Juan, Ponce is at the south, and they said, listen, I just saw six puppies in the mid middle of the highway. I say, can you pick them up for about two hours or three hours or take them somewhere and safe so that the cars don't do what happens. No, I don't have time. I am on my way to my work. And I'm like, but please, do you know someone in the area? Oh, well, yeah, but I'm on my way to work. But you can get you get late into work, you know, take 15 minutes and say we're doing some charity. No, 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 I have to go, but they're there. So what do I do? If, if they call me and they're there and I'm like, please, can you wait? I'm an hour away. And I drive all the way to Ponce, pick up the puppies. She says, maybe I'm, uh, I'll f okay, I'll take them and I'll meet you at the Burger King, whatever. So she takes them somewhere and I come, I pick up the dogs and put them in my car and I come back to San Juan. I take them to my vet and we prepare the pets, the, the puppies, and I start calling people for foster, and that's, that's what I call an ambulance. Everywhere they call me, I used, to, I used to do it more, but now, as I said, I've met people around the island. So for example, if there's someone in Caguas, I'll call Francis. Hey, Francis, can you pick them up, hold them for an hour or two, we'll find someone, I promise I'm not gonna let you, you know, stay with the dogs, I'm not gonna, leave you with the responsibility but just help me for an hour or two while we get ready or do something you know so she she'll always say yes now we have a lady in naranjito that she says yes vivian i'm on my way to the to my work because they live in the island and they have to travel all those country roads and that's why they find so many dogs in the country roads and she says i'll take them with me and i'll meet you in caguas in my work so she comes down with the dogs and I meet her in Caguas and I take them from Caguas. May, many times I have appointments, many times I have so many things, uh, flights. 
But there's the word no, I don't understand it. I'll never, I don't say I can't do it. I'll find a way, I'll try my best. If I really can't do it, you know, it, it's something that I, I just can't stop. And sometimes I'm somewhere and everybody is looking at me like you're, you're nervous, something's going on, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing, nothing, because a lot of people don't understand. So I just say nothing, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I'm in my mind thinking, let me see, who can I call, what can I do and with the phone? Are you with the phone again? Yes. I, and, you know, it's, it's just you can't stop because it's a matter of an hour or a few minutes before they get killed in the expressway or in the country road because, again, humanity. You know, people don't care. It's like it's not my problem. And it's not true. It's everybody's problem. It's the kids' problem, the parents. It's it's the society's problem. It's, it's everybody's problem. The state's problem. So everybody has to do something. That that's what no one understands. They just continue their normal life. And you talk to them. I don't talk to many people unless it's people that I really know that are into it, because the other people think you, that you're crazy. Yeah. What what's wrong with you? It's only a dog. Can you believe it? It's only a dog. You know that that hurts. I, I don't I can't even say it. I can't say it's only a dog. It's a life. It's not a dog. It's a life. It's it's someone that didn't choose that. Historically spaying and neutering has not been common practice in Puerto Rico. Also, many dogs were left to fend for themselves when their families evacuated following Hurricane Maria. Next up, Anna Elie Rubio explains what's developed from these practices. Fortunately, things are starting to improve slowly but surely with the help of rescuers like Anna Elie. Problem has existed always, but after Maria, because of people leaving the country, they just leave everything behind, including animals. And it has been like a big exodus of people, uh, professionals or anyone, but they've been leaving the country looking for a better future, but they always have the excuse that they cannot take their pet behind, oh, I'm gonna live in that place, or they just live like without any planning plan at all. They don't think that you really need to plan for your pet. And that's what we need to change. It's like giving your, it's like leaving your kid behind. You need to plant. You have need to have a school or an area where you will leave your your kid. That is also uh, uh, you need to to do that also with your pets. Or if you cannot take them for the moment because you don't know where you live and but you don't most of them don't have a plan. But you you need to plan baby baby to take them later with you. But leave them with someone who really will take care of them. They leave them to family and family, they just don't care. They have their burden without ever wanting it. And the, it's the animal that suffers. They need to see that. Well, I have my full-time job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yes, you know, most of my free time, I realize that I'm spending in working with all of the, all of this. And no regrets, because I'm sure there is a big need and it's getting bigger after Maria and all that, you know, uh, 
we still need to change uh, the way people think. We still need to change the way the government thinks and do things and create conscience. We still have a way to go, although we see, we are beginning to see something. And I'm glad I'm being part of that. Yeah, I know um, when we arrived here, Jason, my, you know, my boss, he said, you know, you're going to see more unaltered animals here that, you know, haven't been spayed or neutered than you've ever seen in your life. And, you know, working in an organization myself where we're working with dogs every day, but, you know, we're training them to be pet dogs, police dogs, and service dogs. Everybody gets fixed pretty much, other than some of the police dogs. But, I mean, yeah, it's. I've only seen a few dogs so far and nobody, you know, male dogs and it's obvious they haven't been neutered and I just, it's just a different way of life down there and that, down here in that aspect. Um, It's just how it's always been, huh? Yes, because people still have in mind that that all the animals are like, uh, okay, they they survive, they're to run wild, They, they don't see the importance of spaying and neutering them and taking care of them. Uh, and it's getting a uh, it's getting a like a bigger problem with all those dogs and cats in the streets now more after people are fleeing the country after Maria looking for a better future but they don't think that their animals also need a, a better future they need them and you don't just leave them behind in, in your house that will be empty and probably someone will take care of them These rescuers often work in extreme conditions to save abandoned dogs. Listen as Vivian tells us about one of her experiences saving dogs that were left in Bayamon. You want to hear a story, a real sad story after the the hurricane. This guy lost, he lives in the very high part of a mountain in Bayamon. So on the countryside of Bayamon, this man calls a friend. She has an organization also. Her name is Isabel Baduy, Angelitos de Dios, something like that. And he calls her and he says, listen, I saw your organization and I want to tell you a case here nearby my house. This guy lost everything. He's in jail and the house is a mess. He lost it, everything. But he has three big boxers or four. He bought them. I think I'm feeding them, he tells me, because he left his father in charge and his father comes once in a while. So he says, can, can you help me? And she said, okay, send me a pin, let me see what I can do, whatever. After about a month, the man called again and he says, I keep on feeding them, but you know what the, the guy did, the, the, the father or the one who's in jail? He noticed that someone was feeding the dogs. So he put something very big, like panels and everything, in the fence so the dogs couldn't reach to the fence to pick up the the food and water that this man took. I'm very sad to say this story because, you know, it's my people, it's Puerto Rico. But it's incredible, you know, how can someone do that? So she calls me and she says, can we go up there? And I said, okay. You and me. That day I couldn't go because I was showing some houses to this guy in, that came from the States. And I, I, there's no way I could go. So I said, can you please go? Find where it is and I promise I'll go tomorrow. And she went and she says, I'm here, but I don't know what to do. I, don't, I, can't, pick the, I can't open the gate, whatever. And I said, okay. So I call 
is uh, this guy that I told you that has a minivan that he's a, a, a trainer, Abdiel. And I called a lock, uh, locksmith, you know, money. <laughs> and I said, come on, let's go up there. Immediately, the locksmith opened. Every, we were in a hurry. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm saying it. I don't care. We just went in there, took the dogs, put them in, one in my car, another one, and the other two, this guy took them in, in his minivan. We all came down. We brought them to our vet. And we started, we did all the process of fixing them. He took them into foster. There were three because one had died in the area. The, the, the female had died. We had the three males. And we started doing everything, and thanks to all Soto Rescue, I submitted the information to them. I said, look, this is the case. Can you guys help me, whatever? And immediately, they took them. An organization of boxers in, in Massachusetts, a shelter, took the three of them. And they were so happy with them. You should see, like, they, were, they had the biggest bed, and they were starting training and they said they were great dogs <laughs> and and they were up there in a mountain where nobody could reach them at the end of a mountain in the top of a hill where nobody wanted them where they were there for i don't know this was about in maybe january or february a few months ago and they were there they were there for the storm and everything all alone Introducing the Dogtra Ball Trainer, a unique dual-function trainer that launches and drops balls. The trainer launches the ball up to 5 feet and holds up to 3 balls. It's expandable up to 8 devices and uses only one controller with a 100-yard range. The Dogtra Ball Trainer's compact size makes it adaptable for a variety of creative training types. It provides immediate rewards for training ranging from canine scent detection, bark and hold training, agility, and even service dog work. Astute trainers with proper training tools are the key to unleashing your dog's full potential. For over 30 years, Dogtra has collaborated with industry professionals to create class-leading tools. Trusted by professional dog trainers, canine officers, and hunters, Dogtra enhances your training journey with durable training products, equipped and patented with accurate and intuitive control to ensure the best experience. Learn more at Dogtra.com. Join us, and together we can make every dog exceptional. Royal Canin delivers precise nutritional solutions so your dog can perform at their very best level. To achieve a perfect balance of nutrients for each dog, they rely on an extensive network of canine experts from across the globe, including veterinarians, universities, dog professionals, and their own research development center in France. Royal Canin helps your dogs train and perform at their full potential. To learn more about Royal Canin and the nutritional solutions they have to offer your dogs, Visit them online at royalcanon.com. During our trip around Puerto Rico, interviewing people to bring you this story, we ended up at a dog sanctuary in Caguas. The sanctuary was called Sanctuario Lazaro. 
It was at the top of a beautiful mountain in Caguas. When you drove into this place, you had to go through a fenced gate and immediately there were dogs everywhere and people just all over the place working hard. This place was busy as a beehive. During the hour and a half, maybe two hours we were there, there was probably somewhere between 30 and 40 cars of people coming in, leaving, they were dropping off food. Some people were getting out and helping to clean the kennels and pick up the yard and repair fence. There was even a group of Boy Scouts there uh, that was working. The facility is really small. Um, there's a, there are a few fenced-in areas, and from what I understand, what they said, there's it's packed with dogs and it's packed with cats, and so much so that they had plenty of dogs roaming around free. Initially, I was presented with Anid Castillo, and she shared with us some of her experiences. The sanctuary solely runs off of volunteers and donations of food and money from very kind people. During the time I was setting up the equipment and while Chris was interviewing Anid, um, I noticed an older lady uh, who was just bustling around the place the whole time. White hair, um, she was picking up trash, she was uh, petting dogs, she was feeding, she was cleaning. She was working as hard or not harder than any of the younger folks that were running around that place. And while talking to Anid, we found out that this lady, Evelyn uh, Hernandez, was actually the founder of the sanctuary and um, we heard this story that was somewhat secondhand and after hearing that story we desperately wanted to talk to Evelyn about her experience uh, during Maria and uh, so we eventually talked her into uh, being interviewed by us her English wasn't very good and initially she refused but uh, with the help of a translator um, here's her story eh, mi nombre es Evelyn Hernández, directora y fundadora de lo que es Santuario Lázaro. Eh, um, her name María, is Evelyn Hernández. Uh, she is the founder of El Santuario Lázaro here in Caguas, Puerto Rico. And um, we are uh, volunteers came. They prepared, put uh, wood uh, in the, the windows and everything that we we thought that maybe would be affected. But the hurricane used in Caguas was very, we got hit very badly. And everything we did was not enough. But um, even though that we have um, damage in the structures and we had a lot of water coming in, none of the dogs were affected. None of the cats were affected. Um, she stays always. When it's like the December 31st, because they're scared of the fireworks, she stays here. If there's a lot of dogs that um, been operated or they have some situations, she stays here to sleep with them. And hurricanes and this season that's coming in, she prepares and she stays here. Volunteers come during the day, but at night, she's the one that stays here with them. But none of them were affected. And, and aftermath, it was a problem. She had to stay here three days before we could come and, and help her out and find out how they were doing because we were all incommunicated for, for several weeks. It took us like six months to like to like function like we we were but we're not a hundred percent because we have um, where the dogs are they are broken right, right now you see the materials that behind you that's the Boy Scouts that are coming tomorrow they're gonna help us out you can see the structure that they're still broken um, everything the the trees and everything was something that we have to we have to do for ourselves before the the, the city could come and help so it was six months and we still not are hundred percent working like it because we, we usually go to the malls and we go to other places to go and do fun, fundraising 
and there's not possible because they're not giving permission for that. So we're having a little bit of trouble with that. No, no, yo no me asusto porque después que ellos estén bien, lo que a mí me pase no importa. Porque lo más importante para mí es que ellos estén bien, lo demás no importa. Y yo puedo esperar o trato de salir de alguna manera o que me rescaten, pero yo sé que ellos están bien. Evelyn was trapped inside the facility for three days during Hurricane Maria because the entrance was blocked by a fallen tree. She told us, I didn't get scared because the most important thing is that the animals were okay. Needless to say, Evelyn Hernandez is an amazing woman with a heart of gold. Be like, she talks to them. They react very cute with her because when she they start all by, barking, um, she tells them like, "Oh, it's gonna be okay," and and they all listen and they we know that they know what she's saying. So she is the the master of all of them. So yes, yes, that, that's how she calls very them. my kids. And every time some dogs get adopted, she gets very worried. She would like to have like a feedback on where they are because we are a no-kill shelter. So when we give them, we want them to go to a nice house. And if they have to go to a shelter, it has to be a no-kill because otherwise they'd rather stay here because she knows they're going to be safe and they are loved. So this is your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All is my life. Um, I'm Anit Castillo. I'm from Puerto Rico, and um, I have uh, I founded my organization, which is Love for Paws Corporation here in Puerto Rico, because um, I we really wanted to help a little bit more, because there are so many abandoned animals, stray animals in the island. Well, <laughs> you know what? What my my. What I've observed is I've, now we've got more puppies. I don't know what happened after Maria, but we got so many puppies. Before we had so many strays, and then there's so many foundations like my foundation here. Like I think there are over a hundred. You know, and they're all they are all over the island, and they're doing what they can to. They're all stressed out, and you know, with so many dogs and cats, um, but. I think maybe because we've got so many foundations and rescue groups around, it's getting we've been able to move more dogs and get them off off the street. And Facebook has been a great tool for that because even with, when the dog escapes from a home, you know, they can find their way back. Because before, like five or ten years ago, forget it, that dog was lost. And the problem we have in Puerto Rico is like, I don't know, I, it's cultural. They don't, people here, they don't believe in spaying and neutering. It's like, and it doesn't matter if they're educated, not educated, whatever, they'd have the money or they don't have the money. It's just like, why, why do I have to do that? He lives in my home inside. He will never go. And and it does happen because those trays, they just don't appear, you know, from nothing. You know, I think even before Maria's was bad, after Maria's been bad, but we're trying to handle it. We're trying. All of, you know, there's so many people trying, there's so many groups, but, you know, but 
we're, 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 we're dealing with it and we, there's still a lot of, there's a way to go, but we're doing it. We're trying to do it. Even though the destruction and aftermath of Hurricane Maria is no longer at the forefront of the news, the people and dogs of Puerto Rico continue to need support. These rescue organizations are working tirelessly day in and day out with very limited resources available. We asked how people outside of Puerto Rico can help. Well, of course, keep on encouraging them to adopt because that's what we depend on. But if they come to the state, if they come to Puerto Rico and they want to help, maybe they can help and, for example, take two little kennels of puppies, maybe four puppies. The other day a lady came from the States, from New York, and she's called me and she says, I saw your post of the puppies in the Foster Club page. You have 10 puppies. I would like to do some community work with my children while we're on vacation. And I said, of course, today I have to go bath them and take all the ticks and everything out and prepare them. So she came with all the kids. I mean, three, three kids. Um, and they helped us a lot. And she adopted one and she took puppy and I was saying take four and you can find some friends <laughs> each of you can take two you know <laughs> and she says I'm sorry but I live in a building and I would love to but she sent me information of friends that want to adopt so that's very nice but it's also a process you know we have to receive the information interview them see where they live you know you have to do a screening um, I know her, so if she recommended her, it must be someone very wonderful. And, um, well, when you come to Puerto Rico, maybe you can help us um, with that kind of thing. And or say, for example, if you have some petty cash, go to a vet and say, okay, I want to sponsor one um, or two Spains. If a rescuer comes here, I want you to not charge her this spaying or these vaccines. Maybe that will help us a lot because it's a lot of our money. You know, it's, it's, we receive people that help us, a hundred here, a hundred there, whatever, but it, the main bulk is, is a lot. It's a lot of money. So anybody that can sponsor spaying and neutering or a few vaccines or something like that is very helpful. Or if they know people, if they meet people in Puerto Rico and they know that they're interested, will connect us to those people. With, hey, I met this lady that has a nice patio and she said she could foster. So big dogs or whatever, though, that would be great. More people fostering. And um, spreading the word out that Puerto Rico is a beautiful island. There's a lot of beautiful people here. And, uh, you know, if they have the opportunity to help in sponsoring and helping us, the locals, with dogs in their areas, well, that would be very good also. Spreading the word, there's a l so much work to do. We just need people to get involved and help us. And if they want to bring puppies or dogs to the U.S., um, they could either go to the shelters or bring them with them <laughs> we'll prepare the cert health certificates and everything and they'll be vaccinated and everything will be fine so. well as i told you the rescuers are doing a great job but they are limited about resources 
I can tell you that almost all of the rescues have some kind of limitation economically, are not uh, wealth people, okay? Uh, I have seen initiatives like Puerto Rico Animal Unite, for instance, that are doing a great job. I have seen Humane Society that is doing a, a, a good job in Puerto Rico in some way, trying to, to, to help in the, in the problematic situation that we are. In some time, ASPCA also has been here trying to educate and train uh, veterinaries. Uh, I have seen a non-profit organization like we that are trying to do the best. So, uh, no matter we are in the crisis, I seen a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and I see the light because also the government is more aware now than ever, never uh, to try to do the best, to try to resolve that. I have seen more alliances uh, between groups uh, and the best wishes of do something. So I, I am not saying that I am negative. Uh, I would say that there's a lot of organizations, I can mention a few, that is taking care of something that is important for us. But the situation is more than that. Well, I think, um, well, I guess, you know, it's very difficult for them. My, the people that know, that know me, that my friends in Buffalo, because I already have my friends in Buffalo, when after Maria, they just called, they email, they just like, what do you need? You know, so well, we, ah, we need food, we need flea and tick prevention things, you know, whatever you can send, you know, PayPal, donate by PayPal, and, and that's the easiest way they can do it. You know, and if they can adopt our satos, and they love it, I think, you know, I, North American people, they're very good. I think they love our satos. I don't know. I think they're very more appreciative. I think they think oh, they're so different because they are. They are all different. You know, here, again, they love to adopt purebreds. I don't know why. Because I tell them they're the same. They have four legs, a tail. <laughs> but still, I oh, do you have a chihuahua? No, I don't have a chihuahua. <laughs> I have this satito. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're they're and they're very you know this. I think satos are when you rescue them, they are so. I don't know. I think they're they know. I think the. Dogs in Puerto Rico are very smart, very grateful. We can do so many things with them. We just need to plan, look for resources, and help them out. I, I'm sure, you know, you should see the letters that they write for, for, to us from the U.S. when we send those dogs. Um, uh, the, the, the people are so grateful, and they said, I can't believe this is a dog you found, you know, walking through the street alone how did they leave them it could be a schnauzer a shih tzu a golden boxers rottweilers um anything don't buy them they're 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 real dogs puerto rico is known as isla del encanto the Enchanted Island. 
Since Hurricane Maria struck, the dogs and people of Puerto Rico have been faced with overwhelming challenges, and they continue to need your help. If you'd like to adopt or foster a sato, or donate to an organization helping dogs in Puerto Rico, visit our episode page for links to do so. And visit our page for updates on Pancho, the sato we brought back on our return trip from Puerto Rico. We want to extend a special thanks to Francis Barnes and Odalis Garcia Colon for helping us make this episode possible. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or on our website, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Support for A Life of Dogs comes from the School for Dog Trainers at Highland Canine Training, the industry leader in canine education programs for those looking to begin a career as a professional dog trainer or polish off their existing skills. We have a variety of canine education programs. Our courses are taught by experts in the field who know how to ensure you gain the knowledge to make you successful in the industry. We accept the GI Bill and financing is available. For more information, visit internationaldogtrainerschool.com.